0: Radio. Rush, you big Rush guy? These guys he are not be That's true. Didn't the drummer just die? I, I think that Rush's drummer passed away uh, within the last calendar year, so rest in peace. A, a legendary drummer to be sure. Welcome back to the music review. Oh no, it's Nuanas now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, statewide television, SWX Montana TV. I'm Coulter Nuanas. Sean Rainey, back in the salad. He missed last Wednesday. He's doing some bad duty, but now he's back with me in studio. He is the sports director at SWX Montana and one of my favorite guys to co-host this show with. If you missed anything in the first hour of the show... Give you a little uh, review and preview of our uh, stay at the Coeur Resort. We also talked a little Shrine Game, which is upcoming this weekend uh, in Billings. We also had our Garden City Spotlight featuring Beckett Arthur as the Missoula Gatorade Player of the Year. Excuse me, the Montana Gatorade Player of the Year. He's a Missoula Hellgate graduate. He will join us here on this show tomorrow. Also talked a little bit of Catherine Burkhoff. And also talked a little bit of the uh, Athlon preseason. Uh, We're not going to call it a poll because this is actually interesting. Brett Hine is a uh, friend of this show who has come on from time to time. He uh, covers Weber State for the Ogden Standard Examiner. He actually just tweeted. He, he must have been uh, in on the conversation. He actually might even be live streaming the show because I do know he listens from time to time. Uh, but he said, it's that time in the news cycle again when I try to tell people to stop calling Athlon and Hero Sports FCS football ranking polls. Because they're not Polls. They're, they're just uh, power rankings. He said, I don't want to be dismissive of the work these writers do. They do great work. They cover the subdivision well and have valuable insight. But it's just a pet peeve of mine because these are not polls. No one is voting in them. This is the uh, choosing of, uh, in Athlon's case, Craig Haley and in Hero Sports, it's Sam Herder and Brian McLaughlin. All those guys have come on this show. They're all great. They do a great job. But he's, Brett's right. These aren't, these aren't polls. And so the news of this afternoon was uh, five teams in the Big Sky Conference, Weber State six, Montana State eight, Montana 11, UC Davis 17, and Eastern Washington 19 appear in that initial Athlon Sports quote-unquote poll, but it's not a poll. It's a uh, initial power ranking. So um, we'll see what the actual um, stats FCS poll says when that comes out. That'll probably be uh, within the summer here pretty soon. But we talked a little bit of that as well. If you missed anything in the first hour of the show, you can always find it on the podcast, which is proudly presented by SportsPet Montana, Blackfoot Communications, and the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. All right, here's what we're going to do. Time for a little Wing It Wednesday, sort of overlaid with a conversation about the NBA. So first and foremost, I'm going to ask Sean a few trivia questions. You guys are off the hook for the week. All you got to do is give us a call, 406-888-1029. That's 406-888-1029. I'm feeling generous today. The lucky caller, we're going to go caller number three. You're going to get not one but two dozen Desperado wings, two Baskets of wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern, the best wings in the city of Missoula. Call number 3-888-1029. Give us a call right now for your chance to win two dozen. That's two baskets of wings from the Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill, the best wings in the city of Missoula. The All-NBA teams came out yesterday. And not without some controversy. I always find it fascinating that the, the All-NBA defensive teams are almost never argued. It's like almost always just perfect because it, it's so undeniable. The guys that are just the, the 10 best defenders in the league in, in any given season. But the All-NBA teams always do seem to come with some controversy. So the All-NBA teams this uh, from this last season, Stephen Curry, Luka Doncic, Kawhi Leonard, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and then your MVP, Nikola Jokic. Your thoughts on the first team All-NBA? Because I actually think the first team was pretty solid.
1: Well... The one thing I wanted to look up was how many games were played with, by certain guys. Yeah. Um, I, I do
0: think that all the guys that are on the first team played most of the games. Uh, not a lot of injuries there. When you get to the second team, though, which included LeBron James, who did miss uh, some time, Julius Randle from the New York Knicks, Joel Embiid, who missed some time, Damian Lillard, who was solid, uh, uh, an Ironman this year, and then Chris Paul. That's your second team All-NBA from this season.
1: I, you can't you can't argue Curry, Luka, Jokic. And, and Jokic right. Giannis probably not, maybe Kawhi. That's I wanted to see look up how many games Kawhi's played because I know he played more mm-hmm. back to backs this year than normal. But let me I need to look up how many games uh, Kawhi played in. He played in fifty two. So that's not, I mean that's 20, 20 less than uh, the Joker. So yeah. I don't know. I think. Uh, I mean, Lillard played in sixty-seven compared to fifty-two. I don't yeah. know. I might. I might put, have put Lillard above Kawhi. What What do you think of the positions
0: of this? Because I just think it's just
1: guard, uh, guard, guard. Yeah, I, I th- yeah, more. yeah.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Kawhi gets on there as a forward, and I, I think I that's. I He's think like that's.
1: He plays guard though. Exactly.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, and Doncic is like, if you don't delineate between what kind of guard, Doncic is like an on-ball guy, but he's he's like a point guard, but not really. He is because he plays on, on ball, but it's just so hard to delineate then because Stephen Curry and Luka Doncic and Damian Lillard and Chris Paul are all technically the point guards of their teams. But if you're trying to get multiple guards on the squad, you have to kind of not have it be point guard and off guard. You need it to just be guard, which is sort of what they do. But I do think it's sort of annoying when they do it by, by position like this. But to me, uh, by the way, the third all third team All-NBA included Jimmy Butler from the Miami Heat, Paul George from the Clippers, Rudy Gobert from the Utah Jazz, Bradley Beal of the Washington Wizards, and Kyrie Irving of the Brooklyn Nets. The most controversial selections for me, uh, I do think you could maybe argue a little bit between Kawhi on the first team and maybe uh, Lillard or Chris Paul could have an argument to be on the first mm-hmm. team. But the, the main controversies to me are LeBron James being on the second team. He is LeBron James. He's the once and future king. But he did miss a lot of time this year. and when He, he, was, was,
1: at, he was the MVP frontrunner before oh, he, he got oh, hurt. He
0: them. was. He was. And, and you, I mean, yeah, you and I are on yeah, the same yeah. page with LeBron. We, we are both big LeBron supporters of big LeBron guys. But I do think you could argue a little bit. Then on the third team, though, I do think there's legitimate arguments against guys like Jimmy Butler, Paul George, and Kyrie Irving only because of guys like Donovan Mitchell and Jason Tatum. I think those two guys probably had the biggest arguments to be on the team. That's an interesting factor here because – those both those guys are coming up to being ready to maybe sign Supermax deals.
1: Them not getting on the All NBA team cost them thirty three million dollars each. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna take Jason Tatum over Paul George every day of the week, all day. Yeah, it's not even close. Over you're gonna take him. You're gonna take Tatum over Jimmy Butler all day, every day. You're going to take Tatum over oh, somebody's second Well, I'm taking like, Donovan
0: Mitchell over all these guys. I mean, Donovan Mitchell's yeah. like, I mean, the, the Jets have the best record in the NBA.
1: Yeah.
0: And he's their best player. Yeah. So I don't, I don't really know. I thought that was a, a slight as well, and it definitely cost him some money. Okay, so here, here comes then the trivia portions of this. LeBron James was second team All-NBA, which then gives him how many All-NBA selections in his 18-season career. 17 17 the all-time
1: a, nba yeah, record probably not as not as rookie in every, every year after that <laughs>
0: every year after that <laughs> yeah. 13 first teams which is two more than anybody ever just three second teams one third team so he he has been uh, all nba he's been first team all nba more times than all but five other guys can you name the the guys that have at least 10 uh or excuse me at least 15 all nbas and at least 10 first team all nbas Um, Tim Duncan.
1: Tim Duncan is one. Carmelo. Carmelo is two. See, I feel like it's easier when you're a big because there's not as many, you know, there's not as many like dynamic centers, you know, like so if you're so if you're the best center because I think didn't they? I'm pretty sure that all NBA used to be like center. It still is. They're still centers. Oh, really? They yeah, don't this,
0: this year, that's penalties. why... That, that's the other guy that maybe has an argument to be on the first team if you don't have positions gotcha. is Embiid, okay. because Embiid was yeah. the runner-up for MVP, but he's a second-team All-NBA guy because of the center position. Oh, yeah, that's
1: stupid. It's
0: stupid. You get rid of
1: that. <laughs> um, okay, so I got
0: two. You got two. Uh, You're gonna be able to get all of these, I think, actually. Shaq? Shaquille O'Neal. Kobe? Kobe. Kobe. Kobe Bryant. Yep, you got one more. Did Jordan play? I don't think he. Did he Jordan played long enough. Exactly. Jordan had 11 All NBA selections, 10 on the first team, but he only had 15 seasons. I'm trying to think of someone that's been that's played a lot. Uh, Stockton. Uh, it's not John Stockton. That's a, that's a great guess. Uh, John Stockton was All NBA 11 times. Uh, he was the master of the second team, eight team, eight times uh, second team All NBA. Uh, Kareem Abdul Jabbar was the last one uh, in terms of that. Well, well done! You yeah, did. I mean, that was I was.
1: Yeah, I'll take it.
0: You did well. Nuanas is now 102.90, ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television. Sean Rainey, joining me, Coulter Nuana's. Okay, speaking of LeBron James, <laughs> the story never continues to evolve, and I just think it's so crazy that LeBron has reached this point in his career where every single thing he does is not only a headline, everything he single thing single thing he says is not only a story, but it also is polarizing because. Despite his almost perfect way of acting and being, he remains one of the most polarizing athletes in all of America. And so uh, I do find it interesting the reaction that has happened of this. But earlier today, LeBron James tweeted the following, quote, they all didn't want to listen to me about the start of the season. I knew exactly what would happen. I only wanted to protect the well-being of the players, which ultimately is the product and benefit of our game. These injuries are not just a part of the game. It's the lack of the pure rim rest before starting back up. Eight, possibly nine, All-Stars have missed playoff games. That's the most in league history. This is the best time of year for our league and fans, but missing a ton of our favorite players, it's insane. If there's one person that knows about the body and how uh, how it works all year round, it's me. I speak for the health of all our players, and I hate seeing so many guys this injured this time of year. Sorry, fans. Wish you guys were seeing... All the fave guys right now. His point resonates so much when you think about Kyrie Irving, out indefinitely. James Harden, uh, uh, a game-time decision last night but did not look healthy whatsoever. Joel Embiid, in and out of the lineup. Kawhi Leonard, now he maybe has an injury that's going to keep him out for sure for tonight's game between the Los Angeles Clippers and the Utah Jazz and maybe moving forward. Chris Paul, he's in COVID-19 protocols. That's a a, a secondary thing. I don't think you can blame that on the lack of the offseason. But you just go down the list of the playoffs. I mean, the statistic was to me that was so striking is that the Denver Nuggets were the only team in the final eight of the bubble that then made it to the final eight of this year's playoffs. Everybody else was out. The Miami Heat and the Los Angeles Lakers had no gas in the tank. They played in the final 61 days before the next season started. And they got routed. And so I do think LeBron has a lot of of validity to this argument. I do think he's going to get skewered for it. People are going to say, oh, you lost in the first round, so now you're crying. But his statement there is indisputable. He is the one person that knows about the human body and how to keep it it perfectly well-tuned, more than maybe anybody that we've ever seen. He's one of the great conditioned athletes and most durable athletes in the history of sport. And he has proven that fully. And so I do think he knows better than most people. And I do think he's right here but I do also think it's fascinating that he's probably going to get killed for this because he gets killed for everything that he says.
1: You yeah, you can't argue with anything that he's saying as far as uh I mean here's the thing. We all know that you know money drives everything and so the league wanted to have a bunch of but it, weren't the players a part of that conversation too? Yeah. Cuz like they're not they're going to not get money if they, sure. if they sign up for this thing but it's unfortunate um do you think he would have said this had he been st- still playing?
0: It's <sighs> a very good question. I think he would have said it eventually. I don't think he would have said it if he's during. in the midst of. Well, first of all, LeBron has his rules. Like during the playoffs, he doesn't go on Twitter. That's that's why this was the timing that it is because this is the first time he's been at home watching the playoffs in more than a decade. And so he's back on the Twitter, he's watching the games. So, uh, I don't I don't think he would have done it if he was in the playoffs right
1: yeah. now, though. Because it does kind of, like, you know, muddy up the waters a little bit. It does. Maybe it makes it not, you know. But, um, no, I can't argue with him. And it is, it is. I don't understand. Okay, so I was listening to an interview with um, Silver, the commissioner for the NBA. Yeah, Adam Silver, yep. Because I don't understand why the NBA wouldn't start on Christmas. Right. And go with that calendar season where you go later into the summer... Where you're only competing against baseball. Right. And there's nothing going on. Right. But they said that, like, their TV partner said that the other schedule was better for them. But I don't understand how starting the season in the middle of football season is good. Because nobody like pays attention to the NBA until, like, Christmas.
0: Even big NBA guys like us, we don't. No. I, I, I start reading my NBA preview the week before Christmas, leading up to Christmas break, because so I know I'm going to start watching the NBA.
1: So I don't understand why the NBA couldn't have. The issue is the whole the whole this all stems because they want to get back on the the normal basketball calendar right. which is starting in the fall of this coming year with a full games with a full, you know, 82 game season. And they would not have been able to do that had they started any farther down the line from Christmas of last year. Right. What they sh- what they should have done is just like in my opinion is just Go with the starting on Christmas, moving forward, and then they could have pushed back last year and started around, you know, past New Year's Mm -hmm. to give an extra few weeks. Because the down, like, I think it was like, it was 71 days that... that I think it was actually even 61.
0: I think it was 61 days between the end of the finals to the beginning of the NBA season for the teams that played in the finals. That's insane.
1: Like that, is, that is that is there's that is nowhere near enough time to like let your your body rest and recover and all that like that is yeah that's that's crazy especially when you just think about all the the mileage on, exactly on LeBron and all these guys the, like this is what I want to tell them. the people that are screaming
0: LeBron James isn't tough the guys back in the day they would have they would have gutted through this LeBron James has his entire three hundred and sixty five day calendar completely and utterly honed in to maximize his capabilities at all times. I listen to a podcast with him and Russell Wilson. They were talking about how they take one day off a year where they, where it's like, I, I'm not worried about wor- waking up at this exact time, getting this exact workout in, eating this exact food. 364 days a year, every single second of their day is scheduled to maximize their body's abilities. It's a science. It's not has nothing to do with toughness. It fully has to do with science. And this threw LeBron's whole thing off. And he's not the only one, though. And I think that's why you see these guys struggling. I mean, even, even the Nuggets, who are a young team, they looked fully out of gas because they went on a run to the conference finals last year.
1: Well, not only that, but, I mean, this was LeBron's 18th year, right? That's right. Well, in reality, this was his almost... 21 and a half year because he's because played. He's played so almost three and a half full seasons worth of postseason games. Yeah. Which those postseason games, obviously, he's played 266. Those are way more, you know, taxing and energy draining on you than a regular season game. So if you've played, you know, three about three and a quarter extra seasons, yep. probably the equivalent of at least four. Based on the the amount of energy that and that you are you know exerting in a playoff game compared to a regular season game in the beginning of the season, I mean that is just so many extra games too that a lot of these guys, um, you know, a lot of the guys that are hurt are, are guys that have played you know a lot of playoff games
0: too. So. We compare and contrast eras. Sometimes it's fair, sometimes it's not. The training and the medical technology and all the things that exist now are far superior and so it does give guys a huge advantage LeBron James also had the advantage of entering the league when he was 18 years old so he has you know a buffer there of extra seasons so he's not as old as most 18 year veterans would have been in the previous generation but all that said and Brian Rossillo, one of my favorite NBA podcasters he talks about this all the time the most tried and true measure in the NBA is the 50,000 minute mark There's only been seven guys in the history of the league. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Karl Malone, Dirk Nowitzki, Kevin Garnett, Jason Kidd, LeBron James, and Elvin Hayes. Moses Malone, Kobe Bryant, and Wilt Chamberlain, John Stockton, they all knocked on the door, but they didn't quite get to 50,000 minutes. But of those guys, the only guy that was performing at any sort of valid, good level after 50,000 minutes is LeBron James. And so you just wonder, this is something that I actually have thought about. LeBron James has been so consistently unbelievable for so long that it's hard to even fathom him breaking down or getting older or losing a step because he still hasn't done it. He sort of had an injury a couple years ago when he pulled his groin. This year he had a high ankle sprain, but he still has not had that. You know, Like Kobe Bryant, when he got right near 50,000 minutes, boom, he pops his Achilles. Tim Duncan, when he gets there, boom, he starts having this arthritis in his foot. But you just have to wonder, LeBron James has mastered the art of being timeless more than anybody, but it's not going to last forever. And you just have to wonder if maybe, just maybe, regardless of the COVID year and the bubble and everything, that uh, his time is ticking. I don't know. What do you think? How many years does LeBron have left?
1: Well, I don't know. I think there were some signs of that this year. And it's hard to hard to know because he was, I mean, he was just coming off of an injury. Like, exactly. It hadn't. Gotten into any momentum or full swing or anything, because we were kind of expecting, like even when AD got hurt, like okay, here's the you know the 41 point triple double, exactly where he's going to take over, and it, it it just wasn't there, you know. And there were times too where it looked like he didn't you know quite have the burst and stuff, but it's hard to because like well he had it two months ago before he got hurt, you know. You're right, and so I don't. I know, I know that's the thing is it's like hard. He to was say the he was... MVP before he got hurt. He was the <laughs> MVP front runner.
0: You take the jerseys off. And you just watch the tape. LeBron James, before he got hurt, looked exactly like he did ten years ago. Yeah, exactly, so. he looked exactly like he did in Miami. He was. It's unbelievable how athletic he is still.
1: Yeah. So it was hard to hard to know how much of it was just the injuries and the sh- all of this, you know, taxing season and stuff like that, um, or just you know some of it uh, age. And it's probably a you know combination of the of the two. You know, might have been seventy five percent. Injuries and a quarter of it is just he is getting a little bit older and, and worn down. Um, but hey, he gets extra rest this year, so we'll see how he comes out next year. And it
0: could be the thing that yeah. helps him go and get another ring, it might actually ironically help him. Nuanas now, 1029 ESPN, Missoula. Sean Rainey from SWX Montana Television, who many of you are watching in on around the great state of Montana, is in with me, Coulter Nuanas. More NBA talk, plus a couple pieces of news from uh the local college sporting scene and some NFL questions as well. Keep it right here on nuanas Now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula.
1: After a long couple of
0: months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual, but it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's
1: Wingate. One, two, three. What is now on ESPN Radio.
0: I'm standing on the bridge I'm waiting in the dark I thought that you'd be here By now There's nothing but the rain No footsteps on the ground I'm listening but there's I quit. no sound That's it. Hallelujah. That is all. You pushed me over the edge. Now, I love Avril Lavigne. See, I was thinking you were trolling me hard with the Taylor Swift, and uh, it's not Taylor Swift. You're right; it's Avril Lavigne. So I, I, love can, I can't quite quit. I rescind my resignation.
1: Now, Sean, I, I I give you these brand new headphones, and you're putting the busted ones back on. I plugged it in, and they weren't working. I couldn't hear you guys. Uh, oh Lord, alive! I'm just I'm just such a diva TV guy that I'm just being a pain in the butt. I, for well, it's knows.
0: ironic that. Uh, Sean, Sean Sean comes on my radio show so he can be on TV more than he actually is on TV even though he runs the TV station it's quite a quite a thing we have going on here in
1: New Orleans Probably for now. the I mean longer than for like the entire week well maybe no not, not no
0: because you guys have heck, ABC Fox yeah. has a lot of newscasts going on yeah. what do you guys got you guys got a five a six right
1: five a six a six thirty and a nine. a nine and a ten. And and the ten thirty on SWX
0: and SWX tonight every night at ten thirty
1: there yeah luckily like the sports I mean not luckily but like I'm I'm on I'm not on the five and I'm not on the six thirty mm. unless there's like big breaking news or something like that because mm-hmm. otherwise I'd be just be sitting it on the desk for the entire <laughs> night with all the shows that we have but I just mean, like Ben does now yeah but on the news side of it yeah they are just uh, man they uh, they're pumping out the the content and pumping out all the shows so.
0: We're well, great to be partnering with ABC Fox as well as SWX Montana. You're listening to Nuanez now. Sean Rainey from SWX in studio with me, Colter Nuanez. Tommy playing all the terrible music that he can find uh, sitting in the back. I think it's great that you can turn the camera and see yourself now, Tommy, but it is uh, ruining the second largest piece of visual allure of this whole show. Number one is Carolyn. No one has ever seen Carolyn. Only a few people around here have ever seen uh, uh, the people that work in Missoula Broadcast Academy. Certainly, see our good friend Carolyn every single day, but she's never been on the show live. She has quite a little uh, cult following. A lot of people want to know what's the chick who doesn't know sports look like, and I'm not going to let them. I'm not yeah. going to let them know. <laughs> we should have a caricature contest to see what people think that she might look like. Yeah, like Ooh, like that would be
1: yeah. Sketch be it funny. out.
0: Sh- like ship it in it we'll is- do side by side
1: comparisons and uh maybe you'll win something you know
0: that might be a great contest actually that's actually a really good idea
1: or like celebrity look-alike who who can pick right. the one that most looks like her or something like that yeah yeah,
0: yeah. There we go. it <laughs> is funny though because carolyn um she is a mom first and foremost she makes sure to talk about her kids on the show every single week which is great um but it does sort of narrow down at least some of the parameters of maybe how because if you didn't know the-, of the part about her having uh teenage sons then it might skew what you think of her what, what her age might be and because she does talk so much like a mm-hmm. young person so you know it could broaden the age so much but regardless it's our dirty little secret but i'm glad that Dude, people are getting to see you now tommy on the i've, on I've, the TV. I've got to boost up ben because um you know carolyn's son is now working for us in the espn uh master control booth back here and uh, that's a sharp kid oh yeah he is the smartest person we've hired to work back here with me ever. <laughs>
1: That's ever. Hey, Hey, Tommy, this goes yeah. back about a month or so, but have yeah. you wa- did you watch The Departed yet? Oh, no, I haven't. But I've added a few films to the list, okay, but I, I've got to get to it. Tommy
0: yeah. has not been watching movies. Tommy has been day trading. That's all Tommy's been doing. He's been sitting on his Robin Hood app. Dogecoin. Just I don't, pounding Dogecoin. He's been, whatever he's got, he's been pounding it on the short sales and the cryptos. Guy. Well,
1: can i just can i just give you my money and you could just manage it for me oh no uh, if I'll you give, want give you to lose. lose all of your wealth give it to me oh you've been doing bad no he's oh, been doing so great bad. what
0: no you've been doing great i thought uh
1: yeah not really It's <laughs> <laughs> the reason i'm sitting here putting up with you colter
0: that's probably true uh, i love giving all the advice of uh, the stock markets from all of these journalist guys that don't even have two pennies to our name speaking of Justin Angle, Business Angle, back tomorrow. We usually do that on Tuesday, but Justin's on the road, so he'll join us tomorrow live around 5 o'clock. We also have a couple other great guests. Beckett Arthur, his little Hellgate senior. He'll swing by. He's part of our Senior Spotlight Series. He was recently named the Gatorade Player of the Year. That'll be about 4 p.m. tomorrow here on the show. And another one that I am very excited about, Katie Bussey, former Montana State Bobcat, and uh, the newest assistant for Trisha Benford, uh, for the Montana State women's team. Katie's been playing overseas for close to ten years. She had one of the great pro careers of uh, any former Big CI Conference player. And Katie was an awesome player. Uh, she'll always hold a special place in my memory of my journalism career because she was the best player on the women's basketball team when I first got to Bozeman. And I remember the first time I ever met Trisha Benford. She told me she said, "Hey, I I don't want to." you know, for you to pick favorites or anything like that, but she said, I think that you're really gonna like our our combo guard, Katie Bussey. Sure enough, I mean she was one of the most entertaining players that, that I've gotten a chance to cover. And she was such a great player. I mean she was an honorable mention all American as a senior at Montana State, the last Bobcat to earn all honorable mention all American honors. Uh, And then she went on to play professionally for about nine years. So she'll join us about five o'clock tomorrow as well. So that'll be fun to catch up with Katie because she's been living abroad. So I haven't gotten a chance to talk to her uh, except for, I think just one time uh, over these last handful of years, but she's always been uh, awesome to hang out with and and deal with and uh, awesome to interview. So we'll be excited to have her on as well. A couple pieces of news from around the state of Montana before we dive back into our NBA analysis. First, Oscar Lopez, who is a transfer to the University of Montana by way of DePaul, has some backgrounds from, from high school with Josh Vasquez, the Grizz uh, combo guard. He's no longer coming to the Grizz. He tweeted earlier this week uh, that he is headed to Salt Lake Community College. So uh, I don't want to imply too much, but to me, that's just a, I think it's just an indication of maybe a grades thing, a compliance thing. I don't really know any of the details, but he was expected to be a contributor to the Grizz basketball team this next year. And, uh, he is headed to a junior college instead. So maybe uh, he finds his way back to Missoula. Eventually he does have that tie with Josh Vasquez, but Oscar Lopez, not coming to Montana. Your thoughts on, on that? Cause I, I do think they were expecting some stuff out of him. I think they thought he was going to be at least be kind of a rotation guy. Right.
1: I honestly haven't even had any discussions with the, the coaches, um, about this kid. Um, I know that they. I mean, they brought in. I I just don't understand something sometimes. Like they brought in a bunch of guards um, when they have a bunch of guards. So I wasn't sure. I know he's a little bit bigger, um, but I know that I think they like that uh, that other the Lonel Martin Junior guy. Yeah, well. Lonel
0: Martin Junior is yeah. on campus. Um, as is Jonathan Brags. Both those guys part of the uh, incoming Grizz recruiting class. I think both of those guys are going to be uh, pretty good players.
1: Yeah. So sometimes um, with these situations, like you bring in a guy and then it's either like you know they're they they do not exactly like the where they're where they're at or they it, it just doesn't click early on and so you just kind of ties early I don't know if that was the case or not but
0: I don't know let's we'll see yeah I mean I guess we need more details on the situation but the news of the day Oscar Lopez not coming uh, to Montana at least for now in better news Montana State will have four representatives competing for a chance to qualify for the 2020 Olympic Games at the US Olympic Team trials. By the way, obviously the 2020 Olympic Games didn't happen in 2020, so it's still the 2020 Olympic Games, but it's the, it'll happen in 2021. But the uh, U.S. Olympic team trials for track and field are set to take place eight, uh, June 18th through the 27th, so uh, just a couple days from now at Hayward Field in Eugene, Oregon. That was also the site of the NCAA track and field championships this last weekend. Duncan Hamilton, who was a first-team All-American in the men's 3,000-meter steeplechase, with a time of 8 minutes and 32 seconds. That was an automatic qualifying time for the U.S. Olympic Trials. So uh, impressive by him, and he he has an outside shot at maybe making that Olympic team. I I, I think you have to place a top three or four to get there. Uh, so it'll be a big leap for him, but he did have an automatic qualifying time, which is impressive. Lucy Corbett, a high jumper from MSU. Drake Schneider, an outstanding long hurdler in the 400-meter hurdles. And Carly Van Heater, who, by, uh, by the way, is from Plains, Montana, Uh, She's qualified in the javelin. All three of them had to declare their entries, and they were accepted by USA Track and Field. So uh, cool for all four of those Bobcat kids to be headed, I guess, in Corbett and uh, Hamilton's case back to Eugene, and then uh, Schneider and Von Heater also uh, qualifying for the U.S. Olympic Trials as well. Okay, NBA stuff, Rain Man. Did you
1: watch the Nets last night? I watched Bits and Pieces. The majority. Of, you know, more more than not, yeah.
0: Where are you at with Kevin Durant?
1: Well, I'm not a Kevin Durant fan. Neither am I, and it makes but, me mad that I'm not, because
0: if he just would shut his mouth and delete his Twitter, I yeah, would be because he's just ridiculous
1: to watch. When he gets cooking like that, who's better? I mean, I don't know. I, I just, I really hated when he went to the Warriors, and it's been hard to get over that, and then all of the, the way that he acts, yes, on like social media and and towards the media in general, mm-hmm. and just like it's like, why are you always in such a bad mood, dude? Like, and he he's, thinks everybody's out to get he's him. So sensitive and like uh, he doesn't have thick skin. Yeah, his game though, I mean, is awesome. You yeah. know, um, it's just everything else that I, I don't enjoy, and it unfortunately it does kind of cloud my appreciation for him as a player because that was a, I mean, that was a hell of a performance. There's there's no if ands or buts about it. Like he was tremendous. The defensively, um, I thought he was amazing too, which people aren't really talking about. They're talking about, you know, his shooting and the points and all that. But like, he affected so many shots. Yeah. With his length. Yep. And, I mean, they were playing. I mean, Blake Griffin didn't even play like in most of the fourth quarter. So like, Durant's the tallest dude on the court for them for the like pretty much the entire game because I think he's taller than. Blake Griffin,
0: um, he is. He's 6'11, it, 7 feet. Blake
1: Griffin's, I think, six ten. Yeah, so he's like their rim protector and everything. Like he's, yep. it's it's very similar to the role he had with the Warriors before he got hurt. Yeah, so it was it was a very it was very interesting. And then like James Harden was terrible, terrible, but he was basically just like there is just a decoy, just exactly. to like just to get this, some space for Durant.
0: This you know? is my argument: if you have one of the three or four best players in the world, that guy's better if he's not surrounded by other. Top 20 players. He's great if he's surrounded by other like top 50 guys. You don't need guys taking the ball out of Kevin Durant's hands.
1: Okay, but then this is what I don't understand. When
0: you got Durant, just throw Durant the ball. You don't have to screw around with James Harden. Let Durant score 50
1: because he can and he will. This is what I don't understand. Okay? So Giannis was what? He was like Defensive Player of the Year last year, right? He was. And he was top. Was he first team this year? Or uh, He was first team all defense this year as well, yes. Okay. So you're telling me that the defensive player of the year yep. from last year, yep, and a first-team All NBA defensive player this year, and you got a guy, one one player that's killing you, and that's it. Yeah, cooking you on the other team, cooking you, and you never guard him. I don't understand it. Yeah, it's a bad move. I don't understand in the NBA. It, it drives me nuts. Like I understand you cannot put like your star guy on the you know a, a really good offensive player. To start the game Because right. one is going to drain them Energy wise And two You don't want them To pick up early fouls And get in foul trouble But I don't under, Like They don't take them at all Yeah Like I know. hardly ever Like even Kawhi Like wasn't guarding Donovan Mitchell Or wasn't guarding Luca yeah. In the first round Like ever Like only like on switches And stuff But like you got to If you I just don't understand Like why wouldn't Your best defensive player At least every now and then Especially as a change up And if they're not In foul trouble Like And then And then Giannis comes out and I'm like, I'm looking forward to the challenge in game six. I was like, it took six games? I know, right. For you is the best even- like
0: well, the- and, and the matchup is so applicable, too, because who else would you rather have on Kevin Durant? It's the only guy in the league that even has a chance to try to guard him because Giannis has the length and the athleticism.
1: I don't understand it. And, like, I obviously old man pickup ball is not the same. <laughs> but right. but like if I'm on a team and like someone else on the other team is like is just torching us like I want to I was like hey okay, I'm going to try and guard it because right. this is annoying that he just is torching us and I'm not having a hand in at least like trying you know myself to slow them down like why I, I just don't understand how Giannis is like not like I have to guard him. He's on fire. Like, I have to do everything I can to slow him down. If you slow him down, you win the game. I don't care. if Especially
0: he has... when you were already up 20 points, too. The Bucs blew exactly. it last. That's the most underrated narrative of this whole thing was Durant is getting all his credit, which is well-deserved. He scored nearly 50 points. I think he had a triple-double. But the the told narrative of this game is that the Milwaukee Bucks were in full control, and they fully blew it. Hundred percent, and it's a two-two series, and in the two-two series, when the winner of Game Five wins the series, eighty-three percent of the time. So this could be the demise of
1: the Bucks once again. And everybody else on the Nets was shooting terribly, except for Jeff Green. And right. like Jeff Green, gosh, I did, I, I did find one. It was somebody tweeted on uh, on Twitter. It was pretty funny. It was just like because uh, LeBron would always be like, whenever like a role player would have a good game and they would always be like, Oh, you know, like that guy, you know, had to help LeBron in his in the, in a legacy game and things like that. Like, but how come like, there's no other, like, you don't hear that with Kevin Durant. Nobody is talking about how, if Jeff green doesn't have like the best shooting night of his life, right? Like that's ends up being a, a losing effort in a KD legacy game. But if it was LeBron, They'd be like, oh, well, he only did it because Jeff Green went nuts. You know, it, it's just a fun, interesting narrative. It it's is a true. F- you know? it, it's
0: absolutely true. LeBron James yeah. takes more heat and gets scrutinized at a higher level yeah. than any other athlete in the world. It's not even close. Nuanes now, 1029 ESPN, Missoula, statewide television, SWX Montana TV. Sean Rainey in studio with me, Coulter Nuanes. Is Mike Budenholzer on the hot seat after last night? If the Bucks continue to melt down, he might be. We'll get to that. Plus, we'll preview tonight's games. Atlanta and Philly is already underway. And Los Angeles without Kawhi Leonard versus the Utah Jazz. Tips at 8 p.m. We'll give you previews of that. And I also maybe have a couple NFL questions for Sean as well. Keep it right here on Nuanas Now. to more.
1: You, I can play with you no more. I don't know how I'm gonna do what mama told me.
0: My friend, the boy next door. And is now. 102.9 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television. Broadcasting to you live from the Northwest Motorsports Studio. Northwest Motorsport, the largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. All right, Rain Man, a couple NBA games on the docket tonight. I'm going to be sad when the doubleheaders are over. Uh, we're already to the point where every other night is not a doubleheader because the Phoenix Suns yeah. are already into the... Uh, the Western Conference Finals. So first of all, let's talk about the Suns. What is your perspective on the Suns? Because uh, we knew they were good, but I think that you and my brother both, Brooks Nuñez, uh, you guys are both uh, been talking up the Suns actually more uh, than most of the other NBA guys I know. Myself, Kyle Sample, we were kind of a little bit, you know, maybe they're a young team. They were kind of gunning for a good record, and, and they're good, but they're, are they really the two seed? But uh, they've been unbeatable in
1: the playoffs so far, and they've looked not only talented, but really tough, too. I think they have a, a perfect roster of as far as like the the mix and the identity of knowing who and what they are. Um, That's true. I think we're seeing a lot of the a lot of these teams that have like like the Clippers. You're, you we don't know exactly like what you're going to get or who's going to do what. Like even the Lakers, like yes, I totally all their role guys. Like you have no idea. Like are they going to play one minute or are they going to play forty? Like, you just have no idea, like, who was doing what. And the roster construction is just not very good. The Suns, like... their roster construction is great. Yeah, and you know exactly... Like, everybody has their role. Like, CP is just, you know, the steady guy just running the ship at point guard. You got the stud shooting guard in Devin Booker that just is allowed to just go and, you know, have his stretches where he just takes over and make plays. You got the rim-running, like, young, good defender in Aiton. And then you got the handful of wing guys that all can shoot threes and Mm -hmm. defend. And Jake Carrolder is kind of like the veteran tough guy. And then you got the young, you know, like Bridges and Johnson. And then now, you know, campaign coming off the bench has been awesome. That kind of came out a little bit out of nowhere because he has been okay, but not anything as good as this year. But like, I just, their roster construction is great. And if Chris Paul plays at, I mean, doesn't have to play as high as he did in Game four. Cause that, that was like, unreal.
0: Virtuoso. 14
1: yeah. of 19 shooting. But like, he's one
0: of his great playoff performances in his career.
1: Yeah, but if he if he plays like, you know, a second, you know, team all-league all, all league guy <laughs> like he was, if, if, if he's playing that well, like, I, I mean, I have a futures ticket on them to win the whole thing and for them to win the West, and I'm feeling pretty confident of them coming out of the West. I think it's going to be, if the Nets can get healthy, I think it's going to be Nets and Suns. In the finals, which would be kind of interesting because we'd have CP going against Blake Griffin and they don't really like each other and all these former Clippers, you know, when you just leave the Clippers organization, <laughs> think good things happen. So that'd be kind of funny.
0: I don't know why the game just tipped, but the Atlanta 76ers game just tipped. It's supposed to tip at 530. I don't know why it's 22 minutes late, but regardless, uh, 76ers out to a resounding 3 nothing lead. I was like refreshing the page. Why is there no score? Well, it just it just started, so... Um, Back to the result from last night, though. The Milwaukee Bucks, because of the evolution of Giannis Antetokounmpo, this unique system that Mike Budenholzer put into place, have revitalized their franchise. They were dead in the water. They were not any sort of entertaining or interesting. They were sort of stuck in that place you never want to be in in the NBA where you're not bad enough to get a top-five pick but you're not good enough to be any sort of contender in the playoffs. Well, now they've been one of the top two or three teams in the East, for several years in a row. And they have a multiple-time MVP who's a great centerpiece. But if they lose this series to the Nets, the same narrative will have repeated itself three times in a, in consecutive seasons. And that's something that I think that gets in the way of NBA teams a lot. When you, when you get stuck, no matter where you get stuck at, things got to change. Look, I mean, the Rockets got stuck. They had to d- break down the whole why, thing.
1: Why are they getting stuck?
0: Well, I think they're getting stuck because their unique style... Was um, different and people didn't know how to guard it. And now there's a defined formula on how to do it, especially in the playoffs. When you have seven games to do it and you can just play that wall defense and make it and just make Giannis basically not be able to do what he does, which is get to the. I mean, he can't. This is what's so amazing about Giannis. He averages thirty points a game, and he can't do anything. He's a bad shooter. He's a terrible free throw shooter. He can make threes. He just gets to the rim over and over. But when you just don't let him get to the rim,
1: they're irrelevant on offense. One hundred percent. Your your best player. The reason that they're they're never going to win, in my opinion, unless Giannis just becomes a, a slasher and posts up late in games. Like he can't shoot. And he can't make free throws. So late in games, they're never gonna like be able to beat really good teams that can execute, that have shot makers like a Kevin Durant, like a Kawhi Leonard when he was on Toronto last year. Like they're not gonna be able to beat those teams because they don't have the they don't have a closer. And unless they're gonna let Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday do it, and and have Giannis just take a complete backseat late in the games, which he's not gonna do because when you're that good, like. There's just like that pressure to, like, you have to have the ball in your hands. Well, he, like, he, 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 the whole system is based on his usage rate, too. 100%. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, man, it is hard to. It's hard to watch him play, to be honest. Like he's not he's not that. He does, when, he, when
0: he's overwhelming the guy who's guarding him, like he does in the regular season, it's sort of fun to watch. But in in the playoffs, when he's going against other premier players, that, even when he's getting his points, he's you're he, you're right. He's very clunky. The possession, and not
1: the possession in I think it was game four, where I don't know there was I can't, it was in the second half and Blake Griffin was on him and Giannis' dance is like dribbling with him at the around the free throw line, and he like, it's just like. He's dancing. He does a step back like he's going to shoot it, and then he doesn't. And then he's, like, moves, and he acts like he's going to shoot it, and then he doesn't. And then he just, like – And it's, like, lasting for, like, 15 seconds of him, like, trying to get a little mid-range shot off or do some sort of move. And then he just, like, backs up all the way past the three-point line and then just drives straight at him because, like, that's the only thing that he can do. Like, it was it was crazy. I've, like, never seen an NBA player, like, struggled to do, like, a, a skilled mid-range shot. It was just – I don't know. He's He's – Very interesting. He's got to develop it. Thanks so
0: much for kicking with us on Nuana's Now. Hope everybody has a great Wednesday evening. The Atlanta Hawks and 76ers are underway right now, and the Utah Jazz versus the Los Angeles Clippers will take place at 8 p.m. tonight. We got the Paddleheads coming up. The Missoula Paddleheads back in action. Tuesdays are the off days every other day. We have them here on 1029 ESPN Missoula. Missed anything in this nuance? now. Great show today. We talked everything from the East-West Shrine game to some of the great athletes from the Garden City to the latest Athlon Sports preseason quote-unquote poll. Got some trivia. Tom show the Big Sky Conference Commissioner, joined us, and we also talked all things NBA. You can find each and every element of this show archived on the nuanas Now podcast, which is proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, Sportsbet Montana, and the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. Tomorrow, Beckett Arthur will lead the show as part of our senior spotlight. He's a Missoula Hellgate alum and uh a future Whitworth soccer player as well as the Gatorade Player of the Year in soccer. We'll also be joined by Justin Engel, a business angle, and Katie Bussey. In the meantime, have yourself a great evening. We'll be back here on 1029 ESPN Missoula at 4 p.m. tomorrow. We'll see you then.